Hello, this is Norma Sheehan from the Heal Your Hole podcast, asking you to heal my hole for a change. The hole in my pocket. It's just a small one-off payment, no subscriptions, takes 30 seconds to do apparently. So you need to follow the support this show link in the show description. And every payment increases my healing power. So I can continue to tend to your lazy holes, hairy holes, needy holes, itchy holes, money holes, smelly holes, arseholes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 45 of the Heal Your Whole podcast with myself, Norma Sheehan, where we have a look at all the various holes in your life, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, comical, sexual, and we give them all a good scene too. Last week we did Boost Your Whole and that was brilliant with Christine Higgins from Spiritual Wellness Coaching. Um, she does free yoga and she does um, free 30, 30 minute consultations if you want them. See her on Instagram. That's spiritual underscore wellness underscore coaching with Christine Higgins. And this week I'm hoping to do death doula. I heard that this is such a thing. I'd never heard of it. It is like an end of life coach. And I heard that a friend of a friend is a death doula. So I'm going to chance ringing her and see what she answer and pick her brain about it. I followed her on Facebook there or reached out and she accepted my friendship thingy on Facebook. So she might answer the phone. So fingers crossed. She's an actress. She's a fa- oh, wonderful singer, sings like an angel. Um, she's so talented. It's freaking annoying. She's also a qualified yoga instructor. Um, and now she's a death doula. And she's in a band or something as well. But, you know, and she has a kid and, you know, all the rest of it. But, uh, OK, I'm going to dial her. Hello? Hello, is that Ruth McGill? It, it is, yes. This is Norma Sheehan. I don't know if you have my number in your phone or not. I, I do. <laughs> How are you doing? I do. Hello. I, I have a very random question for you. I'm doing um, yeah. I'm doing a podcast about death doulas because I'm fascinated by it. I only heard about it okay. a few days ago and yeah. I heard that you were practicing. So I was wondering, would you give me a few minutes of your time if you're free? Absolutely. I'd be delighted to. Okay, 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 okay. Um, basically, how did you become a death doula? When did you decide to do that? Well, the so there's a family thing here with this because my aunt is actually, she wouldn't call herself a death doula. She's like a midwife to the dying and she has been so for about 30 years, going on 30 years or more. And that's on my father's side. And she's from Donegal, but lives has lived in Germany and Edinburgh and places like that. And so she's a huge inspiration to me. And uh, she was with, well, I was with the family when my grandfather died when I was 15. So I watched that process of dying and the way in which she sort of held a space and gave us a container. And then when my own mom died when I was 26, she also did the same then. And so the inspiration came way back then. And then there was an offering for training not that it's like clinical training at all, but I saw training being posted on Facebook and it was sort of serendipitous because it was in my mind at the time, like I really want to do this work, but how do I do it? And uh, 
a woman in Wales who was offering this course and was coming to Sligo of all places. So I jumped on it and um, and I applied and got in touch with her. And thus the process began about a year and a half ago My or so. God, because you were from Donegal originally, so Sligo isn't that far. Yeah, exactly. You know, and how long was the course? Some people call it end of life coaching or conscious death or something like that. What was the title on your course? Um, it was a red tent uh, end of life doula training. Very good. So that was the one that's the red tent is the name of this, this company okay. that offer these trainings and both birth doula and death doula So that sense of one helps to bring life into the world and then one helps life to exit the world and those around and the person who's dying. And can it be anybody Um, from like, is it always the person who's dying brings you in or could it be like, say, if there was a child with a terminal illness that the family bring you in or does it vary? Yeah, it it varies. I think it depends on the person. Obviously, I guess it's, it's, you might be there purely for the family if the person who's dying does not want to have you know, because there's so much that's going on for a person, obviously. And until that time that I'm going through it, yeah. I won't fully know what the person is going through. But by your instincts, it's not a, as I said, it's not a clinical training. It's very much like returning to the roots of how we used to support people when they were dying years ago. Ireland has a strong tradition of that. Um, and growing up in Donegal, I was just saying yesterday, actually, I was, I was on a film shoot. Um, you know, just, Go on, where were you on a film shoot? What, 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 what were you playing on the film shoot? It wasn't even a film shoot, but I don't know how to... Oh, it's a TV shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing a shaman. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, did you, did you bring some of your own spirituality to it? I did, you know. I couldn't help. I couldn't help but, but I had to sing. So they wanted an actress who could sing and... Um, so yeah, I did, I did yeah. I've already I've already yeah. told the listeners that you're an amazing actress, phenomenal singer. That you're in a band called the Evertides. We've never kind of been in a major production together, but you've done no. the Gaiety, the Abbey. You've done it all, really. Well, I've been lucky to sort of get to all those places at least once, and then some places more than once. Have you have you come across any unusual cases? as a death doula like where someone you're going you don't seem like you're going to die but they just want to plan everything out well in advance the training is really me looking at my own death and going what are the ways in which I have prepared for that in whatever way you can actually prepare for your death but there are ways in, in terms of like what what would your wishes be for what happens to your body once you're, you're dead so in terms of the types of customers for the want of a better word or clients that you'd have a person might uh know that they have a terminal illness um but it's not an immediate um sort of death that's happening but they want to prepare for it in whatever way that they can so that when the dying process time comes that they're less concerned with the sort of worldly issues and they can concentrate on their own like this this process of leaving 
Okay. So it can range from like some person, one person could be very practical. Like if I was ringing you now, I'd be very much like, let's make sure there's no trail left behind. I'd want all my monies in order, enough aside for the ashes and the coffin or depending on which route I'm going. Um, I'd want no worries and no fights behind me, which is, you know, unavoidable probably. But do you find yourself in situations where you have to almost ask family members to back off and take it easy and... You know. I think depending on who the person who's actually employing you for the service, you're led by that person. And if it's the dying person, then you're led by them. And any sort of, you can actually, you know, if, if boundaries are an issue, which they are in families a lot, okay. where, you know, someone wants to like take over the, the taking care or be the, you know, that can, that can happen. That's not to say that that's a bad person or you know it's just a really difficult time but if you're there for that person who's dying then you're sort of containing the space as much as you can and uh observing their wishes so it's sort of like when you when you're practicing that other people see it and they go oh okay okay like they have to learn yeah sometimes people need to learn what people's boundaries are and especially in the dying time because we think i think i don't know i mean i've had experience of it where you know, someone can go, oh, God, where the weight is upon them. And you're like, that's not helping. Right. <laughs> right okay. Now. Or it's yeah. Like, it's, it's not, it's not about you. Energy. You're, it's not about yeah, you. You're not kind of, yeah. yeah, kind of, but, but not in that kind of like, you know, you wouldn't scream that at a person, but I suppose by practicing wh- what it is that, the, you know, this person needs at this moment, and it might be just that nothing is being said at this moment, that yeah. there's no talking, you know, that you say, you know, I think this person would really appreciate, you know, just the quiet time for you to be present, but just no talking, you know, because the energy that leaves the body when you're dying, it can be a slow process or it can be quick depending on the illness. And I suppose know, having you having you around puts manners on people as well. I always find that when we're yeah. behaving like a bunch of you know, muck savages and this, you know, you're saying things that you yeah. wouldn't, you'd only say to family, but if there's a, a third eye or someone one step removed present, then, then it yeah, can Yeah, make... I think so. I think it's easy. I, th- I would imagine for me, I would definitely want to death do to be there for myself, but also as a way to sort of lead people by the hand and go, you know, what about you do this? And, you know, giving people a job to do also, that would be really helpful as okay. opposed to them always being you know, kind of habitually doing the thing that they're doing that maybe is causing a bit of So can you, can you decide yeah. which cases you take on or do they kind of interview you first or how does it work? It would be both ways, I think, because, you know, like I think, I'm trying to think of what it's like. It's a little bit, and it's not totally like this, but you know if you're needing to get a childminder? Yeah. And you just, you know, when you're like, you seem like you'd be able to do all the things, but I don't know that I have a connection with you where I feel like I'm, um, I'm yeah. still the parent. You know, you know that kind of. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Or, or I, re- I really like you, but I don't see a bond between you and the four-year-old yeah. right now. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll snoop around another bit and try and find someone else. Yeah. And I guess it's because if you're engaging a doula, you're, and if you're the dying person, let's say, then there's a sense of you thinking about death being that it's actually happening there's I mean there might be little pockets of denial there but there's an acceptance so I think maybe we can ask for what we need a little bit easier and what we don't need 
Okay, so if they've all, if someone has already reached out for someone like you, they are not in a hundred percent denial that they're going to die. So yeah. That's, okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, because I maybe I'm, you know, not accepting my true emotions, but I I I seem to be grand with death. Maybe I was brought up with so many funerals, and we were always dragged here, there, and whatever. Um, my mother passed away. Um, very sad. My father is still alive. That would be very sad, but. I do find it, you know, if obviously if a young person dies, that's outrageous, like it's not fair. But I seem to be okay with death. I don't know. Yeah. Am I, I delusional? No, I think that that's naturally the way you are because we're becoming increasingly living in a death phobic society where death is not seen. Like the dying process is rarely seen now. It's behind you know that idea of like someone that you love is in a hospital and there's something huge happening in their life and you're not witness to it i often get that feeling when i go past hospitals that there's like life-changing moments happening and no one's there to not that you need to be witnessing like like you need to see it but that even sense of being with someone in a natural way i think it's why a lot of people have that want to be at home when they die yeah. Which is, I think, in itself, going. I'm accepting that I'll die, but I'd really like yeah. to do it in my own way, please. And with, like with COVID, have... are you allowed near people in COVID, or is it? Um, is it just? Is, um, is there a pause button nearly put on the process, or is it Zoom or phone? Or are you? Allowed... I think it's. Yeah, I think it's like every other way in which people have had to kind of figure out how we do this thing. How do we continue to do the thing that we do? And you find other avenues. You know, other streams kind of get created. So it is the more virtual but it's also up to the the person themselves who's uh i guess employing you and and the ways in which you you decide in which you meet up you might not be meeting up very much it might be just this this one job that you need to to help them do if it's just that you know if it it is to do with because i've seen a family they they you know they lost someone very close but they just celebrated the fact that the funeral was online and I think thousands of people saw it rather than, you know, a couple of hundred. Yeah. So they turned it around and turned it into a, you know, something positive and they have that Enjoyable. recording yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, you know, I mean, I'm, it's not it's not like it's silver linings or anything like that or in that territory, but there are things that it, that it shows up. And actually, in some ways, maybe it's easier for people when it comes to Zoom to open up in a way when you're not in front of a person. Yeah. You know, there's that like that body response when you're in front of a person and you feel okay now I have to have this conversation but actually if you're in a a virtual space you can kind of let the words Mm. bubble up and you don't have to feel like everything is being seen on your body if it's a family member or if it's the person who's dying who's saying god I really feel this this urge to want to do this or and you're basically just letting the words come out it's not like uh, a doula is a fixer of anything Mm. it's actually that you're holding the space for whatever is there and it's huge when it's to do with dying and And, and obviously obviously it it could happen suddenly and you're not around but i presume there are times where you're next to the person and holding the hand to the very end uh, yeah, I mean, doulas a lot of time, if they feel, and this is something my aunt always says, and actually it happened with my mum, and I was thinking of it the other day, you know, she was with us and with mum through the process of her of her dying process within the two weeks, and then she'd gone into, into town, and that afternoon then my mum died, and she came back just about an hour later, coming into the room, not knowing, and she just walked in, and I was like, 
oh, she's gone, Phil. And she's like, ah, well done, Margaret. You know, she didn't feel like she needed to be. She knew that the, the work was done in terms of, like, the preparation of us to let her go. Totally. And the, the telling of her to let go. That that was, she didn't need to be there for hand-holding because that wasn't necessary. Fantastic. You know? And I think that's what's beautiful about it. It's like, it really touches your life in a deep way when you've been given that space. And, and you you were there when your mum passed. Yeah, I was. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, so and it, it is phenomenal that your aunt is so ahead of the game. Did you say she started out as a as a birth doula? Uh, no, no, no. She, well, actually she was, uh, she lived in the north she's got a fascinating story she mar- she's a catholic woman and married a protestant man and like in his late 60s like all hell was breaking loose it was just like the worst thing um, you could possibly do yeah. um you know her mother wasn't at the wedding and you know it was just and then she lived in the north where the, the troubles were and she was actually a, a kindergarten teacher and then she got into yoga so she was always kind of quite ahead of herself in lots of ways but deeply and I wouldn't even say spiritual because she's kind of more than that, like hugely soulful, a beautiful voice also. And she just always had this kind of, I suppose, this way about her that, that she was vulnerable. You know, she had a vulnerability in her, but she was seeking always to find a way to heal whatever was. OK, she sounds like a, she sounds so similar to you. Is she a massive influence in your life? She is. Yeah, she really is. She's okay. a huge, huge influence. Yeah. And are yes, you are you great friends. friends? Like, would you talk a lot? Yeah, yeah, we do. And my own father, unfortunately, is well, is dying, and um, and and so so the 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 sense of the support that that she is to him, and like it's coming, it's like it's coming back again, and it's, it's further deepening that importance of my mind of the place of a doula of a person who supports the family, the person dying. I just love the idea. Do you mind saying what your dad is ill with at the moment? or? Uh, yeah, he has MND, so motor, motor neuron disease, which is a neurological. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's an awful illness, really, and it, and it hits people in different ways. But it's been incredible to be present with him because he's so present. He's okay. so present in his day. Um, you know, this the whole thing of, like, 
meditation and yoga. I was even thinking, you know, about I've always thought about shavasana, but shavasana and yoga is preparing you for for dying, for letting go. Yeah. And that's why it's so difficult to be in shavasana because it's like, oh, come on, he's gone with the he's yeah. gone with the living thing. So shavasana um, is that sleep at the end of a yoga class for yeah, anyone? Yeah. That, the corpse pose. They call it the corpse. You know. Yep. Yeah. That like and lie and do you know do think nothing, just be. Um, so I find him very present in his life because that's exactly where he is. He's not living in two days time. He's not, I mean, it's awful, you know, because yeah. it's, it's an awful illness. Am I right that the heart and the, the mind are usually the last to go, is it? Yeah, the, the, the heart, I think, is, is always very strong and uh, the, the mind never goes really, it's the, the muscles, all the supporting muscles of the body, so the breathing, um, the limbs. It's a very, you know, talk about lo- noticing your losses. It's like a loss that you notice and he's noticing and then he, he kind of will say it to us, like, I feel that, that weakening, I feel this weakening. And, you know, as my aunt says, you know, it's to honor those losses yeah and that makes it, but the person that he is because it's interesting because the person that he is seems to me to become more and more you know you know that that thing of like you know our bodies are here to serve us in this living mm. living space but the person you know when we think of the person yeah we've lost and you know with, with your mom you don't think of the the body I don't think of my mum's body I remember her smile her eyes yeah. but it's that thing that made them up that like yeah there's just... something there's something special um, like my mother's body gave up on her I would say nearly a decade before she passed away like it was it was yeah. a slow uh, degeneration of arthritis and various mm-hmm. things and the lungs in the end but you know we were told she had X amount of weeks left and then she lasted a year and four months or something like that um, so the quality time we got at the end and I suppose even more so when like your dad when they can't physically do stuff so you're left with completely with the person all the fuss and activity is kind of put aside so yeah. you're left like I've no loose ends with my mother because I spend so yeah. much time with her in the last year and a bit where we weren't tearing around like lunatics and that means more than uh, I don't know not that it means more but there's something about that that feels I don't know if it's you you get the feeling that there's peace with her dying yeah like there's a peace that that's how I felt about my mom was like I understood why the body was so tired you know and I could sense that like ah she is growing more into peace yeah. um and it's you know would I want her to be alive and and really hanging on and and suffering and why you know yeah i mean and it's awful because you don't want at all you don't it's not like you're going oh great now you know no i would say i would say there's definitely there's definitely a point at the end with my mother when the oxygen wasn't working and various things were looked just so painful that I was, and I wouldn't be someone who prays, but I believe in energy and I believe in the universe and all that. So I was kind of asking some higher power going, you know, please give her release in the last few weeks and days. But, you know, she made up her own mind in the end. Um, I think I think it was like two days before she died. She just told the GP, you know, it seemed there was nothing in the pipeline. There was no adventure. There was no purpose to cling on with her claws to life. And she just let go, mm. I think. Yeah. But that's... Yeah, and that... I mean that's you know I do think that there's that sense of like that control of like she decided when she was ready yeah 
Um, and you, you, with your father, is he is he similar to your mother in that they're both strong and they'll they'll kind of make their own choice in the end? Well, he's a very strong-minded person, and actually, he he worked a lot on kind of affirmations. Talk about like you know his own sister is quite ahead of herself, but he was like I always remember in the the nineties and stuff. He had these tapes of like self-affirmations to kind of get him like thinking more like come on come on you can do this kind of thing wow and, and it's really stood to him and we've talked about it and i said that's really stood to you and you didn't think it would ever have to be for this kind of thing that it would stand to you because yeah. we think of like oh we're going places we're blah blah, blah. Oh, we're going here we're going there but actually for this time when you're coming even closer to yourself to your own life and to what it has meant i think those strong ways of rooting yourself um, and it's not like over positivity or anything at all it's just a, and it's also an acceptance of what is and going this is tough this is hard but you know there's beauty you know it's like yeah. seeing the joy whilst also honouring what is really deeply sad because I know um, we, we all need to work hard and strive and have you know you know we love the highs and lows and all the rest of it life is exciting but I mean would you say that we should kind of live every day as if not as if it's your last that's a bit extreme but kind of be at peace with yourself and do the things that excite you as if it is your last day when you when you yeah. when you've been around death so much you know you probably do see that the odd person who goes you're I wish I didn't work so hard or I wish I did more uh, of that yeah. swimming I loved or I wish I spent more time with my grandchild or something like that is there any of that yeah well I think it's like the Buddha or one of those who <laughs> said like you should think about not should as in you should do this now but like it's a really healthy thing to think about your death at least once a day and that from that you're not going you're not bringing it on and going you know it's less about like the eating yourself up with the idea it's like how kind can you be to yourself in knowing that one day at some time in the future you will die and how kind can you be now to yourself so that when that time comes you're not holding on to a sense of oh god i you know the, and those regrets of the dying when you when you read about those you go god i'm still i've still got those points from like i would definitely have a regret about that definitely would have a regret about that so it's not that i'm like you know i've got it all sorted out but i really see the benefit of having been with death and being with it and seeing that it's not it's not a thief illnesses can i consider like illnesses and the way they affect the body that's they feel like thieves that they're taking parts of what made you a person but they don't actually they don't fully take the person from you and i think they be kind to that part in you that's gotten you this far that went through tough things when you were you know teenager like and you got through that and yeah you know to have to have no regrets uh, no regrets and no loose ends and yeah every mistake only there is no mistake it's just to make it's just to learn and you know i mean unless you're robbing a bank and shooting people then you're a then you're an asshole but like (laughs) there there shouldn't be regrets and yeah, I, I do think death should cross your mind once a day. And maybe Irish people, it's around them a lot because we, we do we do um, celebrate funerals for about a whole week. Mm. So where can people get in contact with you, Ruth? 
Uh, well, I do have I do have a website. Great. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always forgetting the name of it. It's like me and, and lyrics of songs. I'm constantly forgetting lyrics of songs. Uh, it's the holding space. The holding space. Gorgeous. Um, Gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful name. Um, and I, I, you can send me on any other information because I caught you off guard there. So thank you so much for talking to me. <laughs> thank you, Norma. That was such a beautiful chat. Oh my god. Oh, I didn't want to bore her with um, my old stories about the um, my mother nearly falling through the floorboards at the wake. I think I've told everyone that at this stage. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard it, the, um, there were so many people in the good room, you know, with the white carpets at the wake that um, the floorboards started sinking and the Waterford crystal was sliding on the cabinet and the coffin was kind of tilting. So we got everyone out, reinforced the floorboards and ploughed on with it. Um, sorry there about the noise during the interview as well. The um, My laptop overheated so it sounded like there was a hairdryer in the background. And uh, yeah, big thanks to Ruth McGill for taking my call. So Ruth's website again is theholdingspace.ie or you can get her on Instagram the underscore holding underscore space um, at Instagram beautiful website have a look and check her out so if you enjoyed the episode tell your friends if you didn't enjoy the episode um, shut your hole and I've no idea what we're going to do next week but um, do subscribe or like or follow or share all the rest of it thank you very much even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.